So if we look at the spelling, you'll notice that there's a Sahari at the end. So like we said before, Sihari can mean different things. Sihari can mean a feminine word, but it can also mean that the word is from an elongated word. So prasad with a sihari is from the elongated word prasadi, prasadi, which means guru de prasad denal, from the guru's grace. You know how you read um, in the translations of the movement that it says by the guru's grace? The sihari is where they get the word by from. Because otherwise gur prasad just means guru's grace. But from the Guru's grace or by the Guru's grace comes from Gur Prasadi, means from the Guru's grace, Gur Prasad Denal, through the Guru's grace. So another reason why a Sihari is used is to mean from it or inside it or within the word that it's talking about. Sometimes you see the word Nam with a Sihari at the end. That means through Nam or by Nam or within Nam. Yeah, otherwise Nam should be a word which is actually a, um, a masculine word. So Nam, as in Satanam, is actually got an Ankar underneath it. But sometimes you see Nam spelt with a Sihari, means through Nam, by Nam, because of Nam. So here it means by the Guru's grace, Guru De Prasad De Nal. So by the Guru's grace what? What do you get by the Guru's grace? By the Guru's grace, you get the Ikkongar right up to Sayapang. You understand all of that. Yeah. So, this is the first time that Guru as a concept is being introduced. So, so far we've only talked about the oneness, Ikkongar, all the way to Sayapang. So, there's no mention of Guru so far. So, where's, what is Guru? Where does Guru come into this whole discussion? So this is where Guru is being introduced as a concept. So saying, it's all well and good understanding Ik, it's all well and good knowing what Ikkongar is, and understanding how it works, what its Naam is, that it's Karta, it's Nirpo, it's Nirver, it's without death, it's without birth, it's self-existent. That's all conceptual, practical, <coughs> and making it real and experiential is through the Guru. So the Guru is the deliverer of this. Without the Guru, yeah, you cannot find it. And Bani says time and time again, Bin Satgur Kinenapayo. Nobody has ever found this without the Guru. So now it gets us to understand we need to go a little bit deeper into what is this Guru? Because we had a question about what about people who meditate and don't follow a spiritual path? <clears throat> And they've reached enlightenment. How does that work when Gurbani is saying that nobody has ever found this without a Guru? So either those people who meditate have never found God and have never reached the ultimate, or they have reached the ultimate through the Guru, but our definition of the Guru needs to be widened. Yeah, Because if we describe Guru as just being the... Guru Granth Sahib or Guru Nanak, then a lot of time in Gurbani, Guru Nanak is talking about Guru. So who's Guru Nanak talking about? Lots of time in Gurbani, 
Guru Nanak talks about, I bow down to the Guru. So who's he talking about? Isn't he the Guru? Why is he bowing down to someone? Yeah? And Gurbani says, without Guru, nobody will find how to get here. So what is this Guru that everybody who has ever been enlightened has had access to? That's what we need to understand. Because yeah? it's certainly a lot more than what we define Guru to be today. So, if we break down the word Guru, Gu and Ru, we must have heard this several times before, darkness to light. Where does this come from, this definition of darkness to light? The word Guru isn't exclusive to Sikhi. Yeah? Guru Nanak didn't come up with this word. Guru as a word, as a concept, has always been around in Indian tradition. So, Guru is a concept that's always existed in previous uh, Hindu scriptures and um, Sanskrit language. And there's actually a book called the Guru Gita. There's a specific book called the Guru Gita. And within there, the story goes that Shiva is sitting on a mountain and meditating and people are coming and learning from Shiva and bowing down to him. Whenever somebody bows down to Shiva, Shiva turns in another direction and bows to what appears to mean nothing. Shiva's wife is Parvati. Parvati comes and asks, all these great people are bowing down to the great Shiva, but you're bowing down to someone else. Who are you bowing down to? And in the Guru Gita, he says, I bow down to the Guru. And there's an entire scripture where he goes on to then describe what is Guru. Yeah, Hindu scripture that's existed for thousands of years. And in there, there's a definition that Gu means darkness, Ru means light. So that's where, when we talk about it these days, that's where that's actually coming from. It comes from pre-Sikh Granths. Yeah, this is why we talk about this such has always been there. This is truth that's always been there. It's not something that Guru Nanak Dev Ji invented. Yeah. Guru Nanak Dev Ji brought the truth back to people when people had lost their way. People had lost the path of truth. Guru Nanak Dev Ji brought it back. But Guru Nanak Dev Ji isn't the inventor of truth. Yeah? The truth has always been there. Ah, such has always been there. So these we can't be scared when you hear things like this because it just gives us a better grounding for the language that the gurus used so guru nanak dev ji knew these grunts knew these words yeah and described whatever he had to describe using the language of the people so the word guru gu means darkness ru means light in different Baniya, I think we mentioned about Anansai, the word Gufa comes, Gufa means cave, Gu, darkness, yeah? Gufa means cave. Ru, we use this again in Punjabi. When somebody passes away, we say Ru di Shanti. Yeah, we do Ardas for Vichri Hui Ru, yeah? The soul that's departed, Ru, light soul. So these are words that we use that borrow from these same concepts, Gu, Darkness, Ru, Light. So, what is a Guru? How do we understand what Guru is? In our everyday language, there's at least three different types that we can identify. Three different forms of the Guru. When you say Guru, most people think of Guru Nanak Dev Ji or 
the physical gurus that we have. So one way that we understand guru is as a human guru, yeah, a physical form. And what do we mean by that person? We think of Guru Nanak Dev and we think that they're some sort of teacher, yeah, some sort of enlightener, someone to deliver a message of enlightenment. But then there are other forms of guru that we have as well. In the Sikh tradition is quite unique. We have Pantha Guru, a collective. The collective is the guru. Yeah? And that's quite a strange concept if you think about it. So we have this idea that not that the individual is guru, but a collective where all of you together are followers of the guru's message, then collectively you'll come up with the right decision. Yeah? So collective guru, panth, guru panth. So we talk about human guru. But which are the human gurus? Are the human gurus only people that were appointed by Guru Nanak onwards? Is that the only type of guru? Yeah, are there more? There's a line again in Sukhmani Sahib that says, Sat Purakh Jin Janya, Sat Gurtiska Nao. Sat Purakh, the divine being, Jin Janya. Whoever has known the divine being, Sat Purakh Jin Janya, Sat Gurtiska Nao. Their name is Satguru. So Satguru, the definition of Satguru is broader than what we normally have, which is that it is anyone who has reached the ultimate state of divine knowledge, yeah, who's fully realized the divine. What is an interesting question at this point is then why have the Pagats not been called Guru? Yeah, why in Guru Granth Sahib does it say Pagat Nam Devji, Bani Pagatan Ki? It doesn't say Guru Ki. So if anybody who is enlightened can be a Guru, why is it that they are um, not given the name Guru? Otherwise, Kabirji, Farid and all these people, they should have the name Guru because arguably they're fully enlightened, which is why their Bani is in Guru Granth Sahib. I don't have the answer to that question. But sometimes it's worth raising the question just so that I can acknowledge that my definition isn't always the complete definition. Yeah. So this is one way of understanding it, that Sat Purkajin Janya Sat Gurtiska Nao. And the word Jin in there is plural, is Mukta, doesn't have an Ankur underneath it. Sat Purkajin Janya, anyone who knows the true being, Satgur now, their name is Satguru. So, then why isn't every enlightened person given the name Satguru? I don't know the answers to that. But it's just worth sort of understanding where, where the limitations are in what I'm telling you, so don't take that as gospel. But I can only share with you what I know. So we have this human Guru, we have this collective Guru, we also have Shabad Guru, we have Guru Granth Sahib. Yeah? So we have Guru in the form of scripture. So does this mean that the Sikhs have three Gurus? Does it mean that we have ten Gurus, twelve Gurus? Well it doesn't because the Guru is one, the form of the Guru is changeable. Yeah? So for us, the form of the Guru is not that relevant. Because Guru Granth Sahib Ji is no more or no less of a Guru than Guru Nanak Dev Ji. It is Guru. Yeah? And Guru Panth is no more or no less than Guru Granth because it's been given the title of Guru. So for us the form of the Guru is less relevant. The actual Guru is the important thing. So what makes someone Guru? Guru to me means the message, the divine message. 
So, Ikunkar to Sepang is the divine message. Guru, sorry, Ikunkar to Sepang is description of the divine. Anyone that can get you to that stage is Guru. Yeah, any message, any guidance, anything that can get you to that stage is Guru. That makes sense? Guru is not the person who gives it, it's the it's the, the message. It's like the methodology is the guru. No, the the, the wisdom within oh, him. So wisdom, yeah. That so that's you. why Guru Nanak Dev Ji could pass Gurgadi to somebody else. Because he's not passing his jyot like like that, traditionally like you are literally a jyot of me. He's saying all the guru wisdom that I have in me, you now have. So you're now the next guru. Oh, okay. So that's that... how it's because the wisdom is the guru. Okay, because I always thought it was a jyot. Yeah, but what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah. The jyot can't do anything for you. The wisdom of the guru is what can do something for you. Yeah? And that's what we try and get. And that's why the ultimate form that we've been given of Guru Granth Sahib Ji is in the form of wisdom. Knowledge. Yeah? Guru Granth Sahib Ji is essentially knowledge. It's not necessarily that he that Guru Granth Sahib Ji is just likes of the Guru. That doesn't make that, that can't do anything for us. So can we have a Guru a Guru right now as a as a as a, oh. as a physical Guru? Yeah. If it's the same message, if it's bang on point with what Guru Granth Sahib is saying, yeah. then that's Guru. You know, but Guru Gobind Singh Ji stopped that physical li lineage yeah. and passed the lineage onto Guru Granth Sahib. Yeah. So unless somehow the Guru Panth decides that Guru Granth Sahib's job is done. And now we're going to move on to a human guru or something like that. But we've seen that the humans are, are fallible. Yeah, if we look at the beginning of Sukhmani Sahib, Ad Gurenameh, Jugad Gurenameh. That's the beginning of Sukhmani Sahib, Ad Gurenameh. I bow down to the Ad Guru. The, that means Guru has always been there. Guru didn't start with Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Gurgaddi did not start with Guru Nanak Dev Ji. Ad Gure means it's always been there. Jugad that throughout the ages the Guru has always been there. That's the Guru that we bow down to. That's the Guru that Guru Nanak Dev Ji bow down to. That's the Guru that Shiva bows down to. The ultimate wisdom. Wisdom is the Guru. Yeah? So, it doesn't mean that we have different types of Gurus. The Guru is one. The wisdom of the Guru is what's important for us. And we have to bring that wisdom of the Guru into us. I mean, Bani says, So sat guru piyara mere naal hai. That guru, that beloved guru is within me. Jithe kithe manu chadai. Anywhere and everywhere, it comes and saves me. So it's that wisdom that, that's within you. So, how else do we understand guru? Even in Punjabi today, the word gur means technique. So you can say to someone, Tu manu eda gur das de. Tell me the gur, tell me the meaning of this word. Tell me the technique. Yeah? The word Gur means technique in Punjabi as well. So Guru is an extension of that. Guru not only gives you the wisdom, but gives you the, the, the method as well, the technique. But if Guru means darkness to light, and Guru is something that can be within you, then one of the ways I like to understand Guru is the transformation within you is Guru. Transformation from ignorance to awareness, that can be Guru as well. Yeah. So the process of change within you is the Guru blossoming inside you. So these are 
the forms of Guru. So the next question is, what is the function of Guru? What does Guru do? Yeah, Guru is the delivery of enlightenment. So the purpose of Guru is to deliver this message of enlightenment to you, not just externally, but to actually change you. The purpose of Guru is to transform you. Yeah? Guru is not just a, a static book. You give you the book and then you read it and then it's up to you. If I give you a manual, if you follow it and it works or it doesn't work, it's kind of your problem. Guru is not like that. Guru is not just a manual that it might not work, it might or might not work. Guru is actually helping to transform you. And what is the Guru trying to do? The one thing that Guru is trying to do is to get rid of your, your blockers. Yeah? The thing that's blocking you from, from realizing God. What's blocking you from realizing God? You yourself. So the Guru is trying to get rid of the blocker from realizing God. And if you are the blocker, essentially Guru is trying to get rid of you. The Guru is trying to break your own self-identity. And because you have a self-identity, you feel like you're separate from God, like God is somewhere else. Yeah? And because you feel you're separate from God, we need a Guru to help break that separation between you and the Divine. So that, that's the only thing God, Guru has to do. Guru has one job, is to, to, to enlighten you. That's the only job. And we see this in, Jap, in Japji Sahib. Guru ik dehe bajai. Guru gives you one understanding. Gives you the understanding of the one. Yeah? Guru only has one job and is to give you this understanding. That sabna jiyanka ikadata. Yeah, that within each and every one of us there is this oneness, ikadata, so me visarna jai, and may, may I never forget it. So Guru only has one job, is to enlighten you. So we, we touched upon this as well. What is the relationship between Guru and God? Some people refer to Guru as like, like the middleman. You sometimes see God, middleman, and then you, and you have to go via the middleman. But that's not technically very accurate, yeah? because that separates Guru from God. So one way I like to describe it is almost as like the sun and the rays of sunlight. So Guru is like a ray of sunlight. You can't say that the ray of sunlight is separate from the sun. The sun and the ray of the sun and the light of the sun are essentially the same thing. The Guru is like a ray of the divine. So it is a function of the Divine. So one of the ways that I understand the Guru and I like to explain it is that in the, in the Indian tradition we've been given names of all the functions of God and we call them Devta. Yeah? Devi and Devta. People get quite scared when we start talking about these things. But a devta is a function of God. You know how like in Hinduism you have like, you have an image of a God and it's got 20 arms? What that basically means is the one God does many different things. Yeah? So imagine each arm as a devta. And each arm is a different function. One arm is to create, one arm is to destroy. 
And what the Hindus did is they figured out all the different functions of God and gave each one a form and a name. So, oh, this creation, okay, let's call it Brahma, and let's make it look like this. And destruction, let's call that Shiva. Yeah? Well, so these didn't actually exist as of thoughts or anything, they just... That's not my understanding, mm -hmm. you know? That they are essentially just caricatures of God, different functions of God. Yeah? Which is why Barney even talks about all the Devi, they, they pray to God. They are under the command of God. So they are functions of God. So if God creates, one of the things that God does is to create, they took that creation energy and gave it a name and a form. The functions of God have been given a name. So creation energy, creation function of God has been given the name of Brahma. Yeah, destruction, Shiva. Materialism, Lakshmi, Maya. Yeah, opportunities, Ganesh. So it's a very simplistic way for people to understand the different functions of God. The problem comes is when you identify with the functions of God as almost as separate and you ignore the divine, but you just keep going and praying to Brahma and say, oh, give me a son, give me a son, you know? So that's where the, 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 the breakdown happens. And that's why Guru Nanak Dev Ji has to come back and retrain the people relearn what the true meaning is. Yeah? Guru Nanak Dev Ji didn't come to say, right, Hinduism, carry on what you're doing, I've got, I'm going to create my own one. That's not what Guru Nanak Dev Ji is interested in. Guru Nanak Dev Ji goes to everyone and says, if you're going to be Hindu, let me show you what Hinduism really means. If you're going to be a Muslim, let me show you what Islam really means. Because there is one truth behind all of this. But people have lost their ways, so Guru had to go and show people what the, what the ways. So, all of these different functions of God were called Devi Devte. And another function of God is to enlighten. God can create, God can destroy, and God can do all sorts of different things. And one of the things that God can do is to enlighten people. That function of God has been given the name Guru. So Guru is also an extension of God. Yeah? But of all the different Devi Devte, the highest Devi Devta is Guru. Of all the different Devi Devte. Yeah? So, Brahma, Vishnu, all of these, the highest version is Guru. Why? Because in Asadiwar, Guru says that Balhari Gurapane Deohari Sadwar Jin Manaste Devte Kiye. Because the Guru can make you into a Devta. Guru can make you into a Devta. And what does a Devta mean? That you lose your identity and you become a function of God. You become a part of God's game. You become another player in God's chessboard. So all the other Devi Devta, they can create, they can destroy, but you can become a Devi Devta yourself via the Guru. So the Guru is the highest form of, of, of Devi, of Devta. Yeah? And it says in Barney, Gur Jesa Nahiko Dev. Of all the Devi Devte, there's nothing like the Guru. Guru is the highest form of all of them. So, let's not get confused and locked down with this terminology too much. Let's not forget that Guru is still that bit behind the mind. Yeah, that bit that can enlighten is when you find that bit, that presence within yourself, that's the bit that can help. So, we talked about what is Guru, 
We talked about what is relationship between Guru and God. We talked about what is the function of the Guru. The final question, I suppose, is, so what do we do with the Guru? What's our relationship with the Guru? Most of the time, our relationship with the Guru is we externalize the Guru. Yeah? And this is the bit I'm trying to bring you back into. The Guru is not something external from you. That which is alive within you is the Guru. Your life energy is also Guru. Yeah? That which has given birth to you is Guru. That's why Bani says Gurdev Mata, Gurdev Pita. What does that mean? How can Guru be your mother and your father? Because Guru is life energy. Why is Gurdev your mother and father? Because human is the only opportunity to find God. Human life is the only opportunity to find God. No other animals have this opportunity. So the life energy has been infused with the help of Guru. So Guru has, you've not only been given life like every other animal, you've also been given the opportunity to awaken. So Guru has been planted inside you as well. The opportunity to awaken, to enlighten yourself. And remembering the Guru within you, lots of time Gurbani has used the phrase Satgur ki Seva. And almost everywhere you go, they refer to this as doing Joriyandi Seva, Pandiyandi Seva. But it's not. Satgur ki Seva is not about doing that kind of Seva. Seva is fine. And it's a very important part of what we do. And part of our tradition of breaking our ego. But Satgur ki Seva is similar. Meditation is Satgur ki Seva. Serving that divine light within you. Finding that divine light. Going after it. Spending time with it. Being in its presence. That is Seva. Yeah? Seva, according to Guru Granth Sahib, isn't just limited to going to the Gurdwara and cleaning dishes, cleaning shoes. Although that's important, that isn't the ultimate seva. Because you can go do all that and increase your ego. That alone can increase your ego. I went and did this much seva. Yeah? That's not Satgurki seva. Satgurki seva is meditating to the point at which you destroy your ego. Gurbani says, Satgurki seva so kare jis binse home taap. Service of the Guru is only done by those whose fever of ego has been destroyed. So only when you destroy your ego, that's when you do Satgur Ki Seva. So going into the space of my divine space and breaking my connection with my mind, my self-identity, that is Seva of the Satguru. Yeah, because the Satguru is within you. So if the Guru is within you, and if the role of the Guru is to awaken you, what is Gur Prasad? What does Gur Prasad then mean? Yeah? If it's already there within you. The Prasad is the fact that it's there. The fact that it's there within you, that is its grace. The fact that human beings have been given this ability to awaken, that is its first grace. Yeah? The fact that we're sitting here having this discussion, that's its, its grace. There's a lot of people who don't even have access to this knowledge. Don't even know that this exists. So, the grace is the fact that its very presence is its grace. Gur Prasad. 
there's a really interesting quote that says, Gurmukh hove sukaya koje, hor sab param pulaye. The Gurmukh is one who searches his own body. Gurmukh hove sukaya koje. Kaya means your body. One who searches within themselves, that's a true Gurmukh. One who finds that within themselves, they are the true Gurmukh. Hor sab paramapulai. Everything else is delusion and false. Everything else is false. This is the context of Sikhi now. Sikhi is nothing more than finding that which is within you. And if you're doing anything else and you're not doing this, Gurbani says this is false. False practice. Gurmukh hove sokaya koje. One who searches koj, he goes and finds it within himself. Hor sab paramapulai. Everything else is false delusion. So prasad is now. The good prasad is happening now. It's not guru, please do prasad. It's alive, it's awake within you. Yeah? It's right there. But you have to do the effort of going to find it. If you don't find it, then you can't say the guru is not doing prasad to you. It's doing... It's like saying... Um, you know, closing all the curtains and saying, oh, when will the sun shine? The sun is shining outside. But if you keep your curtains closed, then you're not letting that sunlight in. <coughs> and it's the same way the Guru is inside us. But if we're blocking, we're doing everything else but except finding that Guru, then don't blame the Guru for not doing Prasad. Guru is doing Prasad all the time. Prasad is now finding your divine. That's good Prasad. And when you find it, it's not your achievement. If it's your achievement, that's ego. If you say, I found the Guru, that's it, I'm enlightened, that's your ego. If by finding it, you realize that it was the Guru's effort, that's good Prasad. Yeah? So there's no room for ego, no room for saying, I'm, I'm, I'm great, I'm enlightened, I'm a Gursik. I find it really interesting when people call themselves Gursiks. When you look at Guru Granth Sahib Ji and you see the amazing qualities of a Gursik that's been described, it's like nobody should dare call themselves a Gursik when you see what the real definition of a Gursik is in Guru Granth Sahib. Guru is shining within you, it is that within you, you have to take the first step. Once you take the first step of opening that curtain, the Guru comes shining through. Yeah? You have to do all the hard work. You have to make those efforts. This is where Nitnaim, Rayat and all these things comes in. Yeah? If you want to call yourself a Sikh of the Guru, then you have to do those hard efforts to find that Guru, to do that Khoj. But when you do that first step, Charan Sharan Gur Ek Panda Jai Chal, when you take that one step to the Guru, Satguru Kot Panda Aage Hoi The Guru will take countless millions of steps towards you. So, finding the Guru, finding that Guru Prasad is to go and look within yourself. And this is what I've talked about before. Spend some time just being quiet with yourself. Spending some time just listening and saying, what's here right now? Not analyzing, not thinking about it, not doing too much. Just sit and just feel 
your own presence. That's you doing Sadhgurki Seva. I suppose that the, the final thing within, within this Guru analogy is that ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to get rid of yourself. Yeah. Guru is the path of losing the I and finding the Divine. Yeah. It's not an easy thing to do because ultimately what we're saying is I have to get rid of myself and then God will become Bhagavad. Yeah? But myself, what we mean is my attachment to myself. Yeah? I think I exist. Me, mine, my things, my wife, my children, my house, my job. Yeah? My name, my opinions, all that stuff that's going on in the mind. And that doesn't happen just by saying, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. That happens through practice, through Naam Sumer. Through taking yourself out of your mind, even for five minutes a day, take yourself out of the mind. Otherwise, we wake up in the morning and straight away you're in the mind. Yeah, you wake up in the morning and you're already starting to think about all the hundreds of things that you have to do. So this is the practice of waking up in the morning and actually spending spending ten minutes just be in Namsimha. Yeah, this is what that Shabbat is talking about. Gursat Gurka Josikakai. A guru a guru facing sick is only one Jo Palke Uthar Wake up in the morning, straight away Namsimran. How many of us do that? Wake up in the morning, stop your mind from straight away. Because even in your sleep, you've been planning lots of things and thinking lots of things. Nobody's doing Simran in their sleep. So don't think that you're in some purity when you wake up first thing in the morning. You're not. Your mind is still going. As soon as you wake up, you have an opportunity. You know what the problem is? Problem is time. That's why you have to get up early. If you wake up and you're late for whatever it is you're doing, then you're not going to have any time. You're going to be keeping one hand, one eye on the clock. Try and wake up a few minutes early, even five minutes, start five minutes earlier, five minutes before you actually need to get out of bed. And just five minutes, I'm going to do nothing, I'm just going to do Nam Simran. This is the practical that you have to start getting into. Spend five minutes away from the mind. The mind is the problem. The thinking, the thoughts, the attachment to your daily life, that's the problem. Spend five minutes sitting outside of it. Spend five minutes when you come back from work, when you come back from school, try and spend five minutes in. And then five minutes just before you go to sleep as well. You see the timings, very practical our system. But in the morning, go do your kirt kamai, go earn, come back, evening time. Before you sit down and eat all your meals and do all your gapshap and gossip about what you've done during the day, spend time cleaning your mind, it'll set the tone for the rest of the evening. Then before you go to bed, just spend another couple of minutes cleaning your mind, just clearing yourself. Very practical system. The more you can do that, the better. Don't beat yourself up because you can't do an hour and a half of name in the morning. Who's got time for that? That's very hard to do. So don't say, because I don't have time to do an hour and a half, I won't do it. Do five minutes. Yeah? Do the most simple things that you can. And start giving these things away, yeah? Start giving your worries away, start giving your body problems away, mind problems, family problems, yeah? Give it away. Gurbani says, Tan man dhan sab gurko. Give it all away to the Guru. What does that mean? 
you're not doing Pitavit to Guru Granth Sahib Ji. It means when you sit in your meditation and you find that Guru space inside you, then you're giving your problems away. You're sitting in that space and you're saying, actually, this is the most important part of my life. This is the most important part of my day. Everything else is trivial. Everything else is temporary. Tan, man, tan. Body, mind and wealth and materialism. Sab samp gurgo. Give it all to the Guru. Offer it all to the Guru. Kabir Ji says, Mera mujme kich nahi, jo kich hai so tera. There's nothing inside me. Everything of mine is yours. Tera tujko sampate kya lage mera. If I give everything that I have to you, what have I lost? Because it all came from you to begin with. Tera tujko sampate. What was yours, I give it back to you. So my problems in life, you gave it to me. Your problem. My body, you gave it to me. Your problem. My mind, you gave me your mind. Yeah? I didn't create this mind. I don't want to have this crazy mind that's always running around in a hundred different thoughts. You gave me this mind, right? Your problem. I'm just going to sit in my quiet space. What do I lose if I give you everything that you gave me in the first place? So this is what it means to offer everything back to the Guru. Say, start giving away these problems. Otherwise, we spend all of our time on our problems and very little time on our Simran. So we have to reverse that. So I suppose the question that we have to ask ourselves is, if you don't do it, how long are you going to carry on sitting in the mind? What good has the mind ever done you? Yeah, It's a useful tool, but how long are you going to carry on? For the rest of your life, we're going to go sitting in the mind, looking at our problems. Every day you wake up, it's the same, isn't it? It's the same problems every day. Yeah? It's the same every day. How long are you going to carry on doing that? But when you sit in meditation, every time you sit in meditation, it's a nice experience. It's a new experience. It's fresh. It's refreshing. Recharges you. Don't Recharges you. Yeah. Gurbani says, Sahib Mera Neet Nama. My master is always new. Every time I sit in there, it feels like a new experience. Yeah? And that's not to say that you're always going to get it. Sometimes you're going to sit there and you're going to struggle. So I can't find you today. That's because we're locked within the mind. Chalo, even that's your hukum. Don't make that problem yours. Don't absorb that into your life. Don't hold on to those problems. Even give that away to the Guru. Okay, Guru, no problem. Thanks, but didn't quite work today. Chalo. It's hard to do it. Yeah, but it's that level of just letting go. It's alright, not a problem. Like, it's not like you're going to get anything out of this whole process. This is the process of getting rid of you. This is not the process of gaining something. Yeah. Sikhi is not about gaining, it's about giving away. Yeah? So if you didn't get anything out of your Simran today, okay, no problem. Try again later. Yeah? So these are like handy little tips. One of the most handy tips that I can give you is when you're doing Simran, when you're doing part, as soon as you close the Gutka, don't stop. Don't stop in your mind. Because that's one of the mistakes we do. Yeah? You do your whole Nithanem, why would you Kakalsa, why would you keep it? Put it down, put it down, and then you say, right, now I can start thinking about my life. Don't do that. As soon as you put your Nithanem, Gutka down, carry on in your mind, in your mind, carry on, carry on, carry on. Otherwise, what's the point? Nithanem's not about doing it for an hour in the morning. It's about doing it 24 hours a day. So one of the key things that I've learned is don't stop. 
whatever it is that you're doing, Waiguru Simran, whatever it is, as soon as you do Fateh, we have a bad habit of breaking that link. Okay, Fateh, put my shoes on, work clothes on, think about work. No, carry on brushing your teeth, Waiguru, on the bus, Waiguru, driving, everything that you're doing, don't forget. Yep. Why do you think it's so hard? Why do you think it's so hard?